Good morning. Happy Sunday. Oh, man, it's good to be back. Uh, I'm Chris Oakley. I've done this about once a year for the last three years. Uh, this is the thing that scares me most in the world. Uh, but I'm excited. It's second service. Selfishly, I'm excited because that means I'm almost done and I won't feel like throwing up anymore. Uh, and then also, uh, I know you are not going to let me drown up here. Get some feedback. I don't like talking at folks. I like getting some, uh, some response back and forth, some conversation going. So we're going to have a little conversation today, uh, and I'm excited. Uh, if, for those who don't know me, once again, I'm Chris Oakley. I do some business consulting. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. I get to work with a lot of great business leaders, and um, it's really fun. I get to do what I love. Uh, the One of the challenges is I've got to always come up with new content. I've always got to be thinking of new things to teach folks, and uh, similar to, I guess, you every Sunday morning. It's a little stressful occasionally. Uh, but, it, but these are, you know, high-dollar, high-valued folks, and I want to make sure I'm not wasting their time. And so I spent a lot of time with this. And so I want to talk about an article I was reading. is actually a, a study of CEOs. And it, it was like a legit scientific study. And they were asking a bunch of, oh, thanks, buddy. <laughs> He's a good-looking kid, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> So the study of CEOs, and basically it started researching, once again, legit scientific studies. So they were measuring everything, uh, and they were basically trying to find what is the number one predictor of future success. So what's the number one predictor in a CEO that was going to predict future success next year? So increased revenue, dollars, whatever, the following year. So... They were measuring everything, trying to figure this out. What do you guys think is the number one strongest predictor of success for CEOs? This is that part where you talk back. <laughs> Money? Louder. Social media? Good one. Commitment, perseverance, good one. Sacrifice, yes, good one. Good looks, some more than others. Uh, all really good answers and all really wrong. Uh, the number one predictor was confidence. I think I actually heard it. There you go over here. Uh, spoiler alert, title of the sermon. Uh, yeah, confidence is the number one predictor of future success uh, for CEOs and the strongest predictor. And so that was really interesting to me, so I wanted to peel that back a little more. First of all, Confidence does not, you guys all gave, gave great answers. Confidence does not mean being right, which I think is fascinating. Uh, you don't even have to be right to, to win, to grow, to prove it, right? This confidence piece means we just believe we're going to do it. It's a belief that we can solve what's going to come. It's a belief that we can overcome it. Uh, it's a belief that we will grow and we'll find a way, right? That is the strongest predictor of future success. So let's put that in our world a little bit. Uh, where in life, how do we get confident? Experience. experience. That's exactly right. We have confidence when we have a lot of experience, right? Experience uh, comes with, how do we get experience? Bows. Doing something, right? Repetition. We're just going to keep peeling it back. When I do something a lot, I get experience. 
That experience comes with, I've seen it a lot of different ways. I've seen the curveballs you can throw at me. I've overcome them. I've survived. All of a sudden, I'm confident that I will be able to continue to solve anything in those areas, right? So in areas that we have a lot of repetition, we have experience, we have confidence, right? And that makes sense. If we have confidence, guess what? We're going to step into something and we believe we're going to solve it because we've done it enough. We've seen enough to do it, right? And so to get repetition, to repeat anything, what do we have to do first? Start. We've got to try something, right? We've got to do something for the first time. Now, here's the problem. What are we risking the first time? Failure. This is the hardest piece. But if we just take this whole formula, right, I know that confidence leads to results. I know that experience leads to confidence. That means I need to get repetition. I've got to do something over and over. That means I've got to start with something the first time, right? This is part of a path. It is a formula for success. The problem is the first step is the hardest for a ton of reasons. Why are we scared of failure on the first step of something new? A lot of reasons, right? We don't want to look red, but here's the reality. Most likely you're going to fail. That's how this whole process starts. It's the first time you're doing something. What do you expect? If you had a kid doing something for the first time, what would you expect? Failure. They're going to fall. They're going to do it. Like, we should expect this, right? We should even celebrate it as a step forward in the progress to repetition, experience, comp uh, confidence, and results, right? But we don't. We fear this first step because of the negative connotations. You said, like, what's it going to look like? What are people going to say? Here's one of the hardest things in the world right now, social media, right? Everything is on blast. Everything is visible. Everything is seen by everyone. And so nowadays, if you fail, there's a risk that other people see it, right? Like, it's, life is very visible nowadays. The social media alone, very challenging obstacle to make us feel comfortable trying something new. People are most likely going to see us fail. Uh, there's this podcast I was listening to the other day about mental models, and there's tons of different mental models, and basically these are just frameworks to make better decisions, right? Different frameworks to think through a problem, make better decisions. And so they were talking about this comparison trap uh, mental model, uh, which I think plays into social media. This is why social media can be so dangerous. It's got a lot of good things. It's great. I'm not blasting social media. I just want you guys aware of what it's costing you uh, on this path to success. Uh, when we are looking at social media, looking at Instagram, what we're doing is we're taking our lives, our six, our seven, whatever we'd rate our life at, and we're comparing it to everyone else's 10, right? So when I'm stepping into something with that framework, I'm already at a minus four or a minus three, right? I'm already coming with a negative mindset. I'm already losing. It makes it hard to step into something when I feel like you're already losing. And so the mental model is flip that around where you put yourself in a positive mindset. If you're walking around a hospital, you're seeing everyone in their zeros and ones, you're still feeling like that six or seven that you are. Guess what? You're just a plus six. You're a plus seven. You put yourself to change your mindset to make better decisions to move forward, right? It, it doesn't let the fear cripple you. It actually makes you feel empowered by where you're at and what you can do next, right? And so it's shifting that around. So social media kills you because of that comparison game. You're starting in the negative naturally by the design of it. The other thing is it's, it's scary to fail because things are on the line. Right? If you have a job, 
The key to this whole deal is doing something new. You know, you've got a boss, you whatever. Uh, if the key is to do something new, get experience, get it reps, but most likely that doing something new is going to fail. That, that feels like a big risk when my job's on the line, my family's on the line, like the putting food on the table, right? Like that's a big hurdle. So what do we do? We live in our comfort lane, right? And we don't, we don't want to rock the boat because there's a lot to risk. But we're missing out on the one thing that actually takes us to that success, standing out, the experience, the reps. That's a big hurdle. It's scary. I get it. Uh, and once again, just the public ridicule. Nowadays, everything. People will want to, if you're being successful, guess what? They will try to find something to tear you down, right? Like that's another trap of social media. So all scary things to actually stepping out and doing something new. But what did we just talk about? That is the first step to success. Do something new get some experience, do it over and over, get more experience, get some confidence, all of a sudden results fall. It's the number one predictor, right? We saw that. So here's the good news. As Christians, what do we know? Anything? We know the end. What's there to fear? What is there to fear? Like we're good, right? We know the story. We know that he uses all things for the good of those that love him and trust him, right? And so we know this piece. We should be the best in the world, the best in the world at overcoming fear. Fear is going to be a part of the equation. You are going to experience fear. We should get through it faster than anyone in the world. We should stand out. And if that's the case, with this formula, we should be the most successful group of people in the world. And we could use that success for good, right? So my, my personal mission statement the thing I care about the most in this world, the thing, the reason I do what I do, my personal mission statement is help Christian business owners win in the marketplace so they can leverage their resources and influence for kingdom impact. If I want to solve poverty, the best way I can do it is help people be successful in the marketplace, create dollars to give to the organization that's going to attack with microfinance, whatever, right? That's my thing. That's my gifting. That's my path. But that's how I believe this group of people, the body of Christ, can change the world, right? We should be successful. We know the formula. We have to overcome this fear. So we intellectually know it, right? We intellectually know this is the case. The hard part is taking that first step. Uh, Proverbs 3.26, for the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. We've got insurance in Christ, right? He's watching out for us. We got to take this confidence in him. We have to take a step, right? Amen. For your foot not to be caught. You got to actually move, take a step, but he's protecting you on that, right? Yes. Hebrews 10.35, therefore do not cast away your confidence, which is great reward. When I read this, I was like, yeah, this is that formula. We know at the end of this formula is success, right? When we backed it all the way out. Right? So our confidence going forward leads to success. It says it right there in Hebrews. Uh, failure is scary. The fear of failure is crippling. But as Christians, we should fear one thing, one thing only, not being obedient to God's will in our life. Right? Like that's the only thing that we should fear, being idle, not being obedient. Has anyone uh, heard of Sarah Blakely? Yeah. Got a yes? Karen, thank you. Uh, she is the CEO for Spanx. Uh, big, uh, I don't wear Spanx. Uh, but I know the company. Uh, do they have it for men, actually? I don't even know. They do? Oh. Uh, so I guess it's Manx? Oh, man. Uh, anyways, the most, uh, one of the top self-made billionaire women in the world. Successful, right? 
successful, billionaire, self-made woman. The business is killing it. Pretty cool to follow and a lot, lot of great stuff. I was watching this video not too long ago about her. And one of the things that her father did that I loved this, right? This failure piece was reframed in their house as not as uh, a bad thing, but as a good thing. Every night at the dinner table, their father would make them share what they failed at every day. What did you fail at today? And then he would celebrate. He would high five. Great job. He reframed this failure thing into a whole nother light. We just said failure is part of the process. But we act like it's, it's keeping us from where we want to go, right? Like we keep this obstacle in there. It is a step forward. Let's reframe it in our minds. I loved this. I think business owners need to do this. I think business owners need to reframe failure. We, I want employees that will step into new things, learn new things, figure out new things. Are they going to fail? Yeah. Is that going to cost me money? Yeah. But am I going to get a return from that someday? Yes, they're getting experience. It leads to confidence. It leads to success. The problem with failure is we're zoomed in too tight. We're looking at that moment. That moment may be a failure. When we look at the bigger picture into the experience and reps, what is that? That's a learning moment towards success. You zoom out to the end, we get a bigger picture, and that is a positive step forward. We just live in the moment, right? We're busy with all this stuff, so we live in the moment. Uh, there was a great, first of all, the worship music today was fantastic. I loved it. The words were really setting me up really nicely. Uh, Alexis sang a great song earlier. Every little thing's going to be all right. Right? Like, we don't have to be that worried about it. We know the story. Right? Bob Marley, some good uh, theological advice there. Uh, but it's true, right? Like, we got to keep reframing that mindset. What is there really to fear? What is there really to risk, right? We've got to every day step into that, uh, taking new steps, taking new risks, because we have nothing to lose. We know the end. So there is no fear. Every little thing is going to be all right. Satan loves to keep us idle, right? All of this stuff, the operational whirlwind, the lives that we live in, all of this, it's just to keep us idle, keep us from moving. Social media is to keep us from taking steps because of that failure piece, right? Like he uses this stuff all over the place and we've got to recognize it. He wants to keep us idle. If we're idle, we're not doing anything for anyone. We're not helping anyone. We're not making any difference. That's what he wants. He wants you standing still, paralyzed by fear, right? That is his game. It's why we, he distracts us with everything uh, in the world commercials, advertisings, you know, billboards, social media, like we are constantly bombarded, keeping us from thinking about taking that next step, right? Satan wants to keep us idle. It's that first step uh, that we got to go. So we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose, 828, right? Like this should give you so much peace in taking that step. This should give you so much confidence in where we're going. Like, this is the key. Like, those failures we're scared of, what does this say? It's not a failure. This is telling me it's not a failure. I get to step into that, and it's leading to his will towards success, right? Uh, uh, how many of you guys remember two years ago when I was here, I did this talk on principle of the path? Anyone remember it? Was anyone here? Yeah, a couple of you. Yep, thank you. Hands raised. Uh, so uh, this is one of my favorite books in the world. It's a pastor in Atlanta, Andy Stanley. But the whole deal is every decision we're making is taking us down a path, right? 
If I make a decision, I'm, it's taking me somewhere. Every little decision, we make thousands of them a day. And so what this is talking about is I need to know the destination to make sure my path is as straightforward as possible, right? Problem is, once again, we don't zoom out far enough to see the destination. The first time I read this book, I had to write my own obituary. That's sobering thing to do. With quotes from my future spouse and kids and grandkids, what did I want to be known for? Who did I want to be? I needed to know the destination because then guess what? Every decision I make, is it going towards that or not? Right? Like it, it helps narrow this stuff down. This is where you take that first formula of doing something, rep, repeating it, getting experience, confidence. This is where we leverage that piece, this principle of the path. And what it's saying is direction, not intention, leads to your destination. Direction, I'm facing this way, I'm going this way. Now, my intention may be going here, but if I'm facing this way, I'm still going this way, right? Intention doesn't matter. Direction of our decisions, not intention, is what leads to destination. And so in, in this whole formula, we got to leverage this going the right direction. I may want to be a doctor, right? That may be my intention, but if I am doing classes in drama, my direction's the wrong way, right? So direction, not intention, leads to destination. This is where we get to maximize, in God's economy, this formula for success, confidence in Christ, right? This is where we get to magnify. This is getting to choose the right things, the new right things to step into, the new experiences to try to get that experience, get those reps, get that confidence. This is doing more of the right things for where you're going to go. Because here's the reality. With this whole formula, like in the world, you can be successful. In the world, you can be successful just off this top part, right? I can go do something, I can get experience, and continue to get more experience, continue to get more confidence, I can become the best at anything I really want to, right? Like that's, that is a formula we can apply to any layer in life. Unfortunately, with God, he wants to be a part of the equation, right? And so he wants to kind of use that whole deal in alignment. So we've got to do our part of doing, experiencing, but he's got to be directing our paths on that stuff, right? And if you're just going to do something on your own, He's going to thump you and send you, bring you back to a different path, right? So once again, we leverage all this. We win by knowing where we want to go and where God wants to use us, what our personal mission statement is, who we want to be. Because now when we have that destination, now I get to step into this formula from above, taking steps into new things along that path, getting more experience along that path, getting more confidence going down that path, getting, leading to more success and where he wants to take me, right? Does that make sense? This is how we double down on this whole deal. Uh, so, be bold in Christ and take a step in the direction God is leading you. This is one of my favorite verses, Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. These are the verses I try to use to once again step into that fear, right? Like, the fear is coming. How are you going to reframe that in your head to continue to take the step down the path that you were intended to go on, right? And so I love this verse so much. Uh, there is also uh, this great verse that he is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. He's not gonna show you the whole thing, right? We kind of know that. We don't really know. We got this idea of where we wanna go and a destination. But once again, this lamp unto your feet and light unto your path, it's just for the next step, right? So we need to kind of know where we wanna go, where we think he's taking us. And we've got to take the step there. And guess what? He'll, if you take a step, he can direct you down the path. Once again, if we're idle, we're going nowhere. We're not going towards his destination. He's not lighting. He's just going to keep lighting at your feet, right? 
If you want to go further down your path, you want to maximize this time on earth, you got to keep taking steps down that path and letting him guide you. So that's the daily prayer. Like today, where's the step? What's the direction? Lamp unto my feet. Show me the next step. That's it, right? You do that constantly and continue to take those steps. That's how you maximize your time in this world. That's how you are successful in this world. That's how you let God use you over and over. And he wants to bless you. He wants to give you success. He wants to. But it's got to be in line with his path. And so having that conversation where you do your part, take your steps, ask him where the steps should be, and then let him do his part. Uh, There's one of my favorite things, Acts 5. Uh, First of all, if you read the book of Acts, like, not, not really the most fun time to be a Christian, right? Like takes a lot of bravery to step out, getting persecuted left and right, disciples. And, and it's a fascinating book of the Bible, uh, but it takes a lot of bravery. It takes risking a lot, stepping into the next step. Like it takes a lot in the book of Acts. Uh, but one of my favorite verses, I remember reading this in college, we we're doing a study of Acts and I just thought this was fascinating. And so I started studying this guy named Gamaliel. Uh, the end of Acts 5, uh, he's talking, he's one of the Pharisees, and all the Pharisees are up in arms. These disciples keep talking about this Jesus guy, uh, and they're getting frustrated with him, so they're whooping him and beating him and wanting to kill him and all this stuff, like all this is going on, right? And the Pharisees are getting really upset and riled up. And then one of these Pharisees, Gamaliel, who I've, I've heard both on, I don't know, I probably should ask you about this later. Like some people say he was like a seeker Christian. Some people say like he was not, he was just, this is just logic and wisdom he was using. Uh, and so I go under the, uh, the fact that he was, he was just being wise, right? So I don't, I don't think he's buying into the whole Jesus thing necessarily at this point. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't, doesn't matter. But for my story, it sounds better if he doesn't. Uh, but so he basically says to all these Pharisees, like, leave these men alone. If it is of their own will, it will fade. And if it is, is of God's will, you will only find yourself fighting God, right? It, which is just brilliant advice for this whole situation. If we are taking steps on the path, we cannot fail. The Pharisees can't beat us. They know it. They said it to each other. If this is of God's will, you're, not, you're gonna find yourself fighting God. You don't wanna be on that side of things. If God's not really involved, guess what? It'll fade. Like he talks about, it's happened over and over in the Bible. They're talking about these different uh, movements, right? That came up and then faded. It wasn't of God. And so it's great advice. For us, it's also a great encouragement. God on our side, we cannot fail. Like, I love this. Even folks that don't even believe in Jesus say, hey, do you want to find yourself fighting against God? No. So it's great encouragement to that whole deal. Uh, there's one of my favorite lines in a movie. Yeah, I don't know. It's one of the Batman movies. The one with Harvey Dent, Two-Face, whatever. Uh, you guys will finish the line for me. But I think about this all the time, right? Success is great. This path, this formula is great. Aligning that with God's will for our life is great. It also sends you down this trap to start to think it's because of you. Right, you start to believe the more successful you are, you start to think it's because of you. And this is where this success trap can catch you, right? And you've gotta be prepared for that. So in the Batman movie, whichever one it is, Dark Knight or Dark Knight Ride, I don't know. Harvey Dent, right, he's dying and they're talking about him. They say you either die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain. I heard a couple of you guys say it, right? That's the thing, right? As we get successful through doing this formula, 
right? Using God as being a part of this and taking the steps in the right direction, that path will keep going. But all of a sudden we start to think it's because of us, right? We start to think that the formula is just us and that's the trap. So be, be prepared for that. Remember that the more successful you are in this, in God's economy, in this world, with God designing the path, the more temptation it is to think that you are the one creating this. It's not. You've got to do your part. You've got to keep taking the steps. You've got to keep trying. You've got to keep getting reps. You've got to keep learning. You've got to keep getting experience and going down a path. But he's got to design that path for you, and you've got to be listening to him, or you're going to get redirected a lot uh, throughout your life. And you're going to have to lose things that are keeping you from taking that path. And you're going to have to, you know, start over, over, and over again. So remember that. That's how God works. He wants to draw you closer to him. Right? He wants to draw you closer to him. He wants to give you everything you got, he can give you. Right? He wants you to be successful. But it has to be on his terms, and you have to take the steps and do your part on this whole deal. So overcome your fear. Take a bold step. Continually repeat and get experience. Build your confidence in Christ and let him take you down the path of success he has ahead for you. With this formula and with him, we cannot fail. It is the greatest thing in the world. As Christians, we need to go be the, the church in this world. We need to be successful and we need to have him on our side guiding that path. But this formula is played out over and over. I see it over and over again. This is how you win at life and success in God's economy. So go take a step today in something you are scared of, but you know it's part of the person you want to become. Take that step this week. Trust him. Learn. Fail. Celebrate failures. Celebrate those steps. Celebrate those mistakes. Zoom out and see a bigger picture and know that success is on the other end. I got to keep taking my steps and doing my part and learning and getting experience and getting confidence and success will come. Thank you guys so much. It's a pleasure to be back here with you guys. Have a great week. Church, have a great day. Our prayer team will be up here after the service. We'd love to pray with you. We're ready to pray with you after every one of our services. Uh, we want you to enjoy the rest of the day and, and take the words that Chris has given to us. It's easy to walk out of here on a Sunday and forget about on Monday morning what we heard on Sunday. Let's allow the words that Chris gave to us to work through our thought process even throughout the day and on into the week. Let's let God take that, plant it in not just our mind, but in our heart, and let him build on it in our lives. Let's do that together as a church family. God bless you guys. Let's enjoy the rest of the day.